You're listening to the Toxic Mold Podcast with my husband, Steve Worsley, the toxic mold expert and your number one source for mold consulting and mitigation in the USA. Here is episode 18, proper ventilation in attics, bathrooms, and crawl spaces. Before we get started on this episode, a short or not so short disclaimer. While all attempts have been made to verify the content provided in this podcast, neither the podcaster or the producers assume any responsibility for errors, omissions, or alternative interpretations of the issues discussed herein. All information stated in this podcast is the opinion of Steve Worsley. Steve Worsley is a mold specialist with over 20 years of experience in the construction and mold industry. The Toxic Mold Podcast is for information sharing purposes only. The views expressed are those of the podcaster and his alone. These views should not be taken as expert instruction or commands. While there may be references to medical conditions and symptoms, all solo podcast episodes are the opinion of Steve Worsley, and any medical questions or concerns shall be addressed with the appropriate licensed medical professional or professionals. As the podcaster refers to different mold types, please be aware that Steve Worsley is not a microbiologist, and questions concerning mold specifics should be answered by the appropriate professional. The listener is 100% responsible for his or her own actions. You can check out Steve's books on Amazon about mold and dealing with mold in your home at amazon.com forward slash author forward slash Steve Worsley. And if you're interested in scheduling a mold consultation over the phone consultation with Steve, you can be sure to find out more about those and his availability at cnccontractorservices.com. Now let's get to the episode. Steve, today we're talking about proper ventilation in attics, bathrooms, and crawl spaces. So how do you define proper ventilation? Well, by my terms, I guess I wouldn't determine it by just proper ventilation. I would say that if we run a test for the humidity, if it's above 40%, then you don't have proper ventilation. Another indicator, obviously, for a, your typical homeowners that doesn't have a humidity meter you can tell when you get out of the shower, there's someone that I know that's sitting right next to me that every time you get out of the shower, we have to leave the door open and the fan running for 15 minutes after because it's so hot in there. So that's how you can tell. It's not necessarily just the ventilation, but you can tell when you do, uh, you know, a mold inspection, you can see if there's uh, ventilation ports and whatnot. So the easiest way to be able to tell, obviously, is you should be able to tell without any equipment that it's it's humid in here. Okay, so definitely the humidity level. Now, what types of ventilation are available for an attic, let's say? There are many different types, and really depending on geographically where you live, the type of construction, the years it was built, there's there's a there's a, a lot of different types. The older homes that I've seen, this is just from my experience. They, a lot of them didn't have any exterior ventilation ports, so you didn't have a gable vent or a ridge vent or soffit vents. All they had was it's what was called a whole house fan or an attic fan. And it's it's a big fan. It's, uh, as far as circumference, it or actually the radius, it would probably be, you know, four or five feet. They're big. Uh, most homes now, and it looks, just to describe it, if you have one, 
any of you that have had a swamp cooler, you know what that looks like. You've got the vents just in a hallway because swamp coolers are normally coming down through the attic. It looks similar to that. You just see those vents there and there's a switch and most people don't know what that is. But the reason they quit using that is it's kind of odd if you think about it. What the fan was doing was sucking the air from the attic and putting it in the house. So it's kind of yeah. kind of weird. Um, well, people use them for different reasons to maybe warm up the house or cool it down. It's just it, that's kind of old school. Um, nowadays, well, let, let's say after that, after they quit using whole house fans, they went more to what we call passive ventilation, meaning it's not powered by anything, and that's where you. You get like a gable vent, so a gable's the end of your house uh, where it's all flat. Obviously, the eaves is where your soffit is. Well, they just put a, a vent up there that obviously is, goes directly into the attic, and they put one on each side, or you know, one on each end of the home, so usually there's only two. Well, over time, they figured out that wasn't really the way to do it. So now, for the most part, what, what a lot of contractors do, and once again, it's, it all depends on the contractor and what their opinions are. For the most part, they do soffit vents, gable vents, and ridge vents. Um, and so the ridge vent is, those are pro that's probably the newest thing. If you look at your house, and, and you'll see this in new neighborhoods, if you look at the peak of your roof, you'll see that the shingles on the, for the majority of the roof, they're, they look like they're raised, and then right at the end, right by the gable, it, they're, they come back down right on top of the roof. And a lot of people just think that there's something wrong with it, but all that is is it's a foam. So what you do when you're putting your subroof on is you cut two inches on each side at the peak, mm -hmm. which you normally wouldn't do. Obviously, that opens up that cavity into the attic. Obviously, when you put your, your tar paper down, you cut the tar paper out so you can see right into the attic. Then what they do is the shingler or the roofer, he puts this foam over that hole. So it's for the most part, uh, bugs can't get in there. Rain really can't get in there. It's a, it's a kind of a, I don't know how to explain the foam, but it, it's more or less weatherproof. And then they put the ridge cap shingles over that. So the air can come in from the peak, it can go out the soffits or can go out the gable vents. So definitely different from the original big attic yeah way different you know like i said most people they were trying uh, we just didn't have the technology we have now and they, they they weren't really efficient at all so is it tough to add ventilation if you find that in any of those places attics bathrooms crawl spaces you need it is it is it hard not to at all not at all i uh, uh one of our good friends i was over uh staying with them when i was doing a mold job and his his parents who had what i call is a bi-level home. So a bi-level home, you come in the front door, you can either go up or go down. Um, split levels, that's, we know what those are. You just have all kind of different levels. But anyhow, it was a bi-level home. And on the west side of it is where the garage was. Uh, the garage is all sheetrocked and finished. And that wall, so their living room wall was adjacent to the garage. And that uh, they were complaining that it was really, really hot in the kitchen and living room area, and that's on the west side of the home, which typically gets the hottest. Anyhow, I went over with my uh, infrared camera, checked it. I could clearly see it was really hot on that wall. Well, looking around, that garage had zero ventilation. And so what we did uh, was we actually just cut in, and it was... I. 
I can't recall exactly what the price was, but I think we spent less than $100. We went and got one gable vent uh, because that's all we could do because it was on the garage. You can imagine the other side's adjacent to the home, so we couldn't put a vent in there. Otherwise, it would have went from the house into the attic of the garage. But anyhow, we, we put a gable vent in on the west side of that garage, and then we put four soffit vents in because there was nothing, nothing at all. Um, no ridge vent, nothing. And we spent, I don't know, maybe an hour. We put two on the north side of the house on the soffits and two on the south, put that gable vent on, went over there the next afternoon, and it was a lot cooler. Wow. So it was a matter of if you have the right tools and you know what you're doing, you don't really have to be a contractor to be able to do what we did, but it was it was pretty simple. And so it, it's not hard. There's... Um, it's kind of like a bathroom vent. It's not that hard to, to put them in. You just got to go crawl up in the attic and do a little bit of uh, electrical work or whatnot. But it's it's not difficult to put ventilation in. Very cool. So what, what are the consequences of improper ventilation? Uh, mold, obviously, is, <laughs> is the first thing in wood rot. Um, and I, I touched on bathrooms. And so we haven't really talked about, you know, we, we've been, mainly been talking about attics, but in your bathrooms, it's very important that you have proper ventilation in there and in your crawl spaces. Because if you don't, like I said, that's... We just talked about in our last episode, we talked about radon. And to mitigate radon in a crawl space, you ventilate it. So having proper ventilation will help with many things. But like I said, the most important is probably mold because you need to keep those humidity levels down below... Our certification standards say 60%. As a mold expert, I tell people if you're over 50, you got to be very, very careful of what, what's going to happen down the road. So the main thing is, is elevated humidity, which leads to mold, and then you can have wood rot also. Mm, wow, which could end up costing a lot of money yeah, with either or problem. Yes. Okay. So here's, here's the thing that for people to take away and think about. How do they... What can they do to figure out if they do need more ventilation, whether it's in their attic, their crawl space, or their bathroom? Uh, without hiring somebody, like we talked about earlier, you can tell if it's humid in your home. You can really notice it. Let's say, where we live, it's not humid. So it, it's easier for me to say that you should be able to tell because if you live somewhere like Florida where it's humid all the time, normally you walk in from outside where it's humid into where it's drier. So... This is kind of the opposite where we live, but you can tell, and and we've noticed it. You know, we had a we had a moisture problem, and when we'd come back home, let's say we went somewhere for the weekend, or we were just outside down at the shop doing whatever, you come back in the house, and as soon as you come in, you can tell, because we went from where outside it's probably thirty, maybe twenty percent humidity, and then you come in here, and you can tell even if it's still at acceptable levels below fifty percent. You can just tell when you come in here. Just like I said in your bathroom, if, if you know, you, you get out of the shower or your kids get out of the shower, if there's all that condensation on the mirror, you know either you're running your shower too hot or your fan is not capable of keeping up. And in a bathroom, the, the way they measure uh, the air is cubic feet per minute. So it's CFMs. Most fans, on average, I would say for your typical bathroom, which is, you know, a fairly small bathroom, just a tub, toilet, and your sink, they typically are running about an 80 to 100 CFM fan. And so if you're seeing that that's constantly an issue, you're turning the temp down on your, your water when you're showering, 
and there's still an issue, either leave the door open, which I typically, it, it doesn't matter either way, but you don't want to introduce humidity throughout the entire home, but you'd have to be showering for three hours to do that. Either open that door while you're showering or upgrade that fan to a higher CFM, like say a 120 or 140 CFM fan. Okay. All right. Definitely things to look at and things to think about if you need more ventilation. All right, everybody. Thank you for joining us on this episode. We'll catch you on the next episode of the Toxic Mold Prevent toxic mold exposure before it gets in your home. Download Steve's free mold investigation checklist at tinyurl.com forward slash CNC mold checklist. Again, download Steve's free mold investigation checklist at tinyurl.com forward slash CNC mold checklist.